another one. <laughs> I had coffee, wow. so I'm like wild, but it's great. Today we are talking about identity. Okay? <laughs> Multiple identities. I feel like I'm going to have to redo this. No, that's good. You hype in the Okay, 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 y'all. So identity. How do we form this? Okay? That's the topic for the day. But before that, you know what's coming. You know what's creeping. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, you need to have coffee. Yo, it's so funny, right? Because it's like the coffee and the Prosecco gets you like, like this. Yeah. You yeah. need to bring both every yeah. time we record. All right. It's beautiful. But what's coming is... It's coming. <laughs> Wait, it's canceled. That's what's coming. Okay, so what's canceled for this week's episode is people assuming your identity or assuming um, your ethnicity or your race or your background and not just assuming and then asking you, what are you? Um, I'm a person. No, 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 but like, like what are you? Mm, I am a human being. Yeah, okay, so like where are you from? New York. No, 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 no. Like, where are you really from? Washington Heights. But, okay, what about where are your parents from? Do you want me to give you my address their address? <laughs> I'm, I'm confused here. <laughs> like, what's their background? Mm, they're people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. You see how annoying this is? It's like, it's none of your business. I'm yeah. a person. Right. And why are you questioning where I'm from because I look different? Because I'm not white and I'm not from here. I'm actually not from here. But that's besides the point. Okay. I think it's okay for people. Like, it's natural for us to be curious about people mm-hmm. who look different. Or, you know, yeah, for people who look different. Um, but it's not okay to... I don't think it's okay to ask people who, who they are, where they're from, without them disclosing that information from you because it's a fucking microaggression, mm-hmm. right? For people of color um, who are in a lot of white spaces or in for anybody who's in the spaces where you are deemed different and you are might be judged for being different, you're constantly being asked who you are, where you're from, and having to give that information, force that information out of you. So stop asking people who they are and where they're from. It automatically others you, especially mm-hmm. like if you don't feel comfortable in a space or if you're just becoming comfortable in a space and someone is like, where are you from? It's like, oh, so you're, what you're telling me is that I don't look like I belong here. Mm-hmm. So you're just automatically pointing out and othering me. Like I was hanging out with my friends. We're all like first generation immigrants in the U.S. And <clears throat> some of us were talking about like how I benefit from my level of privilege because my accent is not as thick as some of their accent. They're like, you know, you are uh, verbally white passing. Mm. So it's different. And I was like, you know what? I I'm gonna give you that because I could I could I have an accent, but I could fake a white voice if I if I want to. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends was talking about how like she got into this master's program, and she decided not to go because when she called to ask for information, someone was like, "I can't understand you. Your accent is too thick." Whoa. Oof. Oof. Right? She's wild. So it's like. Really think about when you move in the world how your actions are othering people around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, jumping right in. I'm calm now. Into our topic. <laughs> what are social identities? So, social identities are like, um, you know, some of them are social constructs, but it's, it's a way that um, 
folks are socially are organized in like a social context. So um, they include things like, you know, uh, race, ethnicity, social economic status, um, immigration gender. status, gender identity and expression, sexual orientation, religion, spirituality. Like, ability. Yeah, and, and ability mm-hmm. for sure. So like a host of, of other ways that, you know, that we, you know, that are part of our identity. Um, do we want to disclose how we identify ourselves? Sure thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. In all the categories? I think there's a disclaimer. I think when, when you ask someone to, when someone chooses, chooses to, 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 to talk about how they identify, they choose what they share, right? Yeah. We are going to share now the things that we are closely identifying with right now. That might change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That yeah. might change the day after. So just a disclaimer. I'm black. Um, just kidding. No. Um, as for race, I'm black, ethnicity, K Verdian, gender, woman. Yeah. That's about it for me. I also don't like labeling myself, especially when it comes to sexuality. Good. Because I'm like, you never know. I might change my mind. Your spirit. Leave room for growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to pause and talk to everyone else to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> wow. Um, my business. I am an Asian American woman. I come from a working class background. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It's okay. It's what you identify with the most at the moment. That's all I have to share. All right. Thank you for sharing, Christy. Thank you. I am a cisgender heterosexual woman who identifies as Afro-Latinx, able-bodied, and spiritual? I don't know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you for sharing, Josie. You're very welcome, Paola. <laughs> I am an immigrant, a cis woman, black Dominican, and that's it. That's all. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that you could tell, like, around the table, how we all share different things in different mm-hmm. orders, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. that I'm just noting that. So, how did we all learn about like our um our identities, whether that be like race? You know, I think sometimes um we are highly aware of certain identities and like don't even like really think about other mm-hmm. identities. Um, and I always find it curious, kind of the circumstances that highlight that. Either you're, like, hypervigilance of it or you're, like, oblivion to it. Yeah. I think, I'll start. I think for me, I mean, growing up in Cape Verde, race, you know, all of those identities wasn't a thing. Just because everyone, or at least maybe I was too young to grasp it. But when I remember when I was in high school... I never associated myself with being black. Like, whenever I rem- I made this big fuss one day in class when we was doing like the pre SATs, um, and the box was like black, other, white, and I was like asking the teacher. I was like, "All right, but I'm not black. I'm not white, and I don't want to check off other." And she was like, <laughs> she was like, I'm like, I'm not black, I'm not white, and other, like, I want to be able to tell, like, I'm Cape Verdean. 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you these are the options. <laughs> <laughs> Choose one. Choose one. I was like, but they don't box. reflect who yeah. I am. But I think I was also like, I went to a predominantly black school in Bridgeport. And so it was her. It was in the hood. So folks was ghetto. And ain't nothing wrong with being ghetto. Like, if that's who you are, then do you, boo-boo. But... I think, you know, come, immigrating from this country, you know, my family would always be like, you know, black people are bad, they're this, they're that. And then being in this environment and seeing it, I was like, ooh, I don't want to associate myself with these black folks. They crazy. Like, they're that, they don't not a representation of who I am. I mean, now I look at it, these kids were just going through so much trauma. And this is the way, this is, that was why they were behaving the way they were behaving. The way anti-blackness works. Exactly. Mm. And it wasn't until I went to college and we started talking about race. Ethnicity, and there's a difference between race and ethnicity. And I was like, hmm. I thought they was all in one. <laughs> and then and, and I, <laughs> and yeah. then I was like, oh, I'm black, but my ethnicity is Cape Verdean. My nationality is X and Y and Z. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, when I understood the definition, I was able to understand where I stood mm-hmm. in terms of my identities. And also, I mean, freshman year, I was out there being a white girl, straightening my hair every single day, and I went bald-headed. So I was like, ooh, <laughs> maybe you are really black. And, like, maybe <laughs> you trying to be like, these white people ain't going to work because you black. So was, I was being faced with all these things that... um. I was internalizing and being like black is is wrong and I just started embracing and I had friends who were all you know from different ethnicity and I was like you know and I I just I love my blackness I love every part of it even though Verdeans don't be acknowledging that they're black but whatever but what I would do say when it comes to my socioeconomic class I I am in the middle class but I don't know like every time I bring so I live in the suburban areas of Connecticut. My family made it out the hood, quote unquote. We have a nice ranch house um, in an all-white town. Um, we're like two people of color in the um, street, in our street. Um, and whenever I bring my, I, I brought a professor over and she was like, you ain't struggling, like y'all made it. Wow. And sometimes I feel like, like we have a nice house. You know, my stepdad, he has always been very careful about his money. Like, he's the money maker in our family. Um, and he doesn't make a ton of a lot of money, but he's always been smart about his money. And so, you know, I felt guilty that I felt like, oh, my God, like, I'm not black anymore because I'm not struggling. And I think a lot of times black folks, we think we link our blackness to struggle. And when we move out of the hood and we're living in the suburbs or whatever it is that you're doing that's different, you feel like your blackness is being stripped away because you're not associating yourself with the struggle. And it's so sad. And as for my gender, I think I never had the choice to to decide what kind of woman I wanted to be. So I I don't really pay attention to how me being a woman affects me until right now. And I think now that I'm on my own and I'm always with y'all is now I'm starting to understand how my gender plays a role in my life. Mm -hmm. Because I'm trying to decide what kind of woman I want to be and I'm starting to see how others people's perspectives and ideology has played out into how I present myself as a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my story. It's deep. (laughs) 
I think that when I think about identity and the identities that I share, I feel like I think about two things. I think the identities that were that were and are placed on me by other people and the identities that I share are the identities that I have chosen for myself. Mm-hmm. Given in that, that I've chosen those within a social context where you're forced to choose, where you're forced to mm-hmm. choose a box, where you like have to identify yourself in some way. Um, and I remember very strongly identifying as a young age with my womanhood with like because I come from a very patriarchal society and very machista like that was the thing that I identified with since a young age like no I'm not gonna clean clean cook because I'm a girl my brother needs to learn how to do these things too because he has hands I don't understand how our hands are different mm-hmm. they both work they both can clean and do all these things um and partially it's because like QG I come from I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic where as a tool of colonialism, white domination, we like there's no separation between ethnicity and race. Mm-hmm. You, your your nationality, that's it. That's you. That's who you are. Because then you don't. If you are your nationality, you don't have to talk about the nuances and mm-hmm. what it, how you experience your country differently based on your, the color of your skin. Um, it wasn't until I came to the U.S. that I um, had to learn, like go through that a very confusing process of figuring out what is race and where do I fit in Mm -hmm. and like you also I rejected blackness because all of the messages that I've always had Mm -hmm. about blackness were not positive Mm -hmm. you never want to be black you want to be the opposite of black Mm -hmm. especially coming from the art where like black representation the relationship between Haitians and Dominicans is a very um, intense intense and tragic right because we are brothers and sisters who have been pulled apart by by whiteness and colonialism right Mm -hmm. Um, and also like I feel like in the equivalent of black in the Dominican Republic, it's Haitian, right? Yeah. Um, that's the best way I could put it. And you don't want to be that. So kind of struggling with those things where I came here and, like, humbling myself and realizing, like, by me disliking blackness, I'm disliking myself. What am I saying about people who... What does what I say about people who look like me say about how I actually feel about myself? Because it was like, I remember being asked to hit the boxes Mm -hmm. and wanting to hit white and be like, that's wild. (laughs) Bitch, have you looked at yourself in a mirror lately? (laughs) You are so far from white. And always, I remember being little and being young. And one thing, like, I've always had that hint of, like, wanting to love my blackness. Like, I used to love Celia Cruz and always felt like she spoke to me in a level where nobody else is because Celia was the one image that I had of someone who wasn't ashamed of being black in uh, the opposite. She um, was very proud and put it out there. Um, so all of that to say <laughs> that I think the, the formation of my racial identity took years and it took a lot of um, undoing. It took a lot of like peeling layers back. It took a lot of dealing with trauma and it took... And it wasn't until I was able to push through that that I was able to then start working on myself as a person. It was almost like my denial in regards to race was just kind of like linked to all of the other trauma that I had. So that was like a window for it. And then in regards to like gender expression and like sexuality, um, I feel like I always, even though I come from a place where like you either a woman or a man. Yeah. You either like women or like man. Um, I always understood it as something much more complex than that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the language, but I always felt like, like what? 
it's whatever. Like, mm. you do what you want to do. And, like, that's that. You like who you like. I always had an appreciation for both men and women. Mm-hmm. I've never identified as bisexual because I've um, never have. Um, but, yeah, I just never felt like you have to choose one thing or the other when it came to gender and sexuality. But I did feel that with race, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but it's just a, just a thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like... In our, in the, especially in the U.S., it's very, 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 like, race-based. And you have, like, you have to choose, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's also, it's also imposed on you. That's why, right? Like, whether or not you identify as a black person, people are going to treat you, treat you the Mm -hmm. way they treat black people. Right. And the same way with, like, um, I think that that's how I've um, learned to be proud of my identities that have, like, caused me pain. Right, like being Asian American. Choo- well, for me, I choo- I identify more as an Asian American more than a Chinese American because people look at me, they don't know what my ethnicity is, mm-hmm. but they know that I'm Asian and they're going to treat Asian people a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, like for me, uh, being Asian American, being a woman and coming from a working class background, I feel like I was conscious of these things maybe when I was like younger in like elementary school, but then in middle school when people would like pick on me or try to like treat me different because of these identities, that's when I would realize that like that's who I am and I have to change that into to be proud of it and still be able to like to like defend myself like yeah I'm fucking Chinese like yeah I'm a fucking girl and like this is who I am um yeah uh for me my um when I started to think about my identity was when I studied abroad in Brazil in um Salvador which is a Afro kind of Brazilian hub of the country and um, similar to Paola, growing up, I had these experiences um, because I'm Dominican-American where, you know, I was taught to believe that black is bad, being, Haitian, being like Haitian dark, like there's a type of darkness that's like just for Haitian mm-hmm. folks, apparently. Mm-hmm. And you never want to be that, right? Like um, my mom would always tell me or just people in my family, you know, um, to I love like sunbathing and it was always this idea of like you know you don't want to be too white Anita, right like you have to put a lot of sunscreen you never want to be that color um i grew up kind of in the middle of like washington heights and west harlem and so it was it's very much like half african-american half dominican um and you know we would always kind of like act like we were better than like local mm. colon right that's what we would call african americans mm. just a terrible derogatory term um and so when i went to brazil you know so obviously you travel with those things um so i went to brazil and everyone out there even though brazil has some like serious like racial issues going on um in this part of town and the people that i was with it was like black is beautiful and people were like yo you are just gorgeous and i'm like i've been looking back like gotta be talking to somebody else right um and then a pretty like pivotal moment for me was when um i was training capoeira and um one of the instructors uh who is this you know very like european looking man but is brazilian with like green eyes white skin was like really digging me and really coming after me and i was just like there's gotta be a mistake because i'm not worthy of this right like i'm Mm -hmm. dark i'm not worthy of someone that looks like that Mm -hmm. um 
And so that's when I kind of started to think critically of of my identity. Um, I didn't start calling myself Afro Latinx until I would say a few years ago, um, because again, like to me, being Dominican, but before it was trendy. Oh yeah, of course, of course, before it was trending. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, you know, being Dominican meant just automatically like a range of like brown and black. And it wasn't until, like, I started to, again, think critically and, like, read things that I was like, shit, like, this is a, this is something. Like, I have to make sure that I, I'm clear as to, like, what like what I am and, and what that means to me. And then when I went natural now 10 years ago, that was when I really embraced, like, my African roots. It was, like, it was a big fuck you to, like all these um you, like like the eurocentric standards of music it was like fuck you like you did y'all see um the chris rock special or is it good hair bad hair yeah oh yeah you remember that what it was called yeah like and he i think it was called good hair good hair yeah and he went to um like manufacturing plants like where they made like relaxers um, and that's kind of like it was around that time that I was like, fuck, like, what the fuck am I doing? And what does it mean to be a black Latina or black Dominican woman? Um, what does it mean to be a heterosexual woman? Mm-hmm. Right. We, I never had the conversation around like it's either you're heterosexual or you're, you're gay. Like it's there was no no middle no ground. Right. Like queer. What is that? I remember when I um, maybe like six, seven years ago. I was in a pro. I was doing Teach for America, and one of the core members was very adamant about going by they. And I was like, "What? This is some bullshit. Like, why are you trying to be so fucking extra? Like, okay, so you gay, and so like, why you also got to be called they? Mm-hmm. You know, like there was this like mm-hmm. such resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is a manifestation of like my own like internal oppression, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was such resist- resistance to understand anything that was other than, anything other than, like, the binary. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I still, um, I am still exploring certain parts of my identity. I think sexual orientation is something that I think about a lot after taking a class a semester, last semester, um, that, like, really broke things down for me. And I was like, oh... Oh, okay. I remember, like, really being attracted to women and being like, fuck, I'm gay now. <laughs> God damn it. Like, what is, what is my life going to be? Like, why can't I think that a woman is gorgeous? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Oh it doesn't God, mean that I want to go ahead and, like, have sex with her, be in a relationship with her. Like, I think about that. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't feel authentic to me. But I could totally be like, oof. She look good. Yo, you look good. <laughs> or or there are... um. <laughs> yeah, what Paula said. Um, there, there's also um, I totally have this girl crush on this individual who um, I think identifies as queer, um, and their um, gender expression is more like um, like masculine. Mm-hmm. But I know that they're like a woman, and they I think identifies woman. Again, I don't I don't know how they identify. You know, but it's this look, and, and they have, like, this swag, and I'm just like, oh, you are just... Make mm. the Gucci tingle. <laughs> right? But, like, if I literally close my eyes and inv- and think about, like, us having anything, I'm just like, whoa. Mm. That just, it just doesn't feel authentic to me. So, what does that mean? Yeah. Right? And I've always had these thoughts, and again, like, 
never had the language, never had the space to talk about it. And so, you know, it's still things that, that I think about. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a journey. And in thinking about, like, levels of oppression, like, I've always thought about, like, you know, being a black person is hard. But I cannot even um, begin to imagine what it would be like to be, like, a, a black, uh, non-conforming, queer, or trans person. Like, I yeah. just... Because that's just, like, there's so Going much ignorance. Everything. Mm. And I feel like when, you, when you're a trans folk, when you're a queer folk, like, there's, so much, there's so much ignorance. Like, even in people like us, like, we're so uncomfortable talking about uh, things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Or or we're afraid of saying the wrong thing. Or even right now, I'm like, fuck, am I saying the right thing? Because there's no level of comfort with it. But then that yeah. puts so much fucking responsibility on the people who identi- who who hold these identities that is also not fucking fair. So we need to do better to educate mm-hmm. ourselves. So yeah. like the information is out there, y'all. Like quick Googles. Yeah. They, the work <laughs> has been done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just have to like really put put in our part. Right, and when you're doing introductions, don't be like they, them, or whatever that thing is, because that offends yeah. people. Oh like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. If 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 that's not something you identify yourself with or you agree with, that's fine. But you gotta respect other people's identities. You know, you that's the, the least you can do. Yeah, yeah. I also recognize that sometimes it's not safe for people to out themselves, mm-hmm. and like people do what they do, what they feel safe. Um, Chrissy, you said a point about, like, that made me, reminded me about, like, um, for, for a while, I used to be hesitant about, like, calling myself black because, um, the first time I did it, um, there was an African-American woman who was like, you're not black. Oh. Mm. Mm. Let me get my Vaseline, take off my fucking earrings. <laughs> She's like, you're not black. Because we gonna fight. <laughs> you're, you're Dominican and, like, whatever. And I used to, and, I, and that really hurt me. Like, I was mm. like. She's a member of the group. And I was like, yo, mm. so you're telling me that I'm not black enough. Mm. And and I was really in my feelings. I was like, this fucking bitch. Like, you know how much I've worked to get to this point where I'm able to say that I'm black and now you're trying to take that away from me? No, you're not going to take that away from me. But then I had to sit with myself and like really hear what she was saying. Because what she was saying is, because of your hair texture, mm-hmm. because you're able to speak a different language, you're able to separate yourself from our experience when it's convenient to you. Yeah. Oof. But that's not true. But it is kind of true in a way because I think that Latinos and black people are looked at differently. Right? Yes. And I feel like as black Dominicans, we're in this weird intersection, but there is a level of separation that you could create. Even when segregation was happening, if you were a black black Latino coming into the U.S., you were advised to speak Spanish and you would be treated differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know you were not mm-hmm. one of the Black Americans, or in the U.S. was trying to like guard its international image. Right. Yes, and and I think that's right. I I think the the danger in that interaction, and then saying like, look, and and you can separate, is that then it's like blackness. African Americans then have a monopoly on this label. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Right. right. It is unfortunate that there are Latinx folks who are dark, but that have certain, um, you know, uh, uh, hair texture or can speak Spanish or just have a certain look that makes people think that they're like not just fully black, mm-hmm. whatever that means, mm-hmm. um, that they use that, you know. They, they, they don't use that in, in healthy ways, like in, mm-hmm. in, in ways that, that are okay. Mm-hmm. That also does not mean that 
then then we it doesn't give African Americans the um the okay to then other us right right it's it's more of like um a colonialism happening again and again and again and you know I've tried to put myself in the in the um, shoes of someone who is African American and have the experience that like yo this is this is the everything has been taken from from us in this country this is the shit the one shit that I have mm-hmm. you have your language you have another country you have mm-hmm. even your own particular culture from your country mm-hmm. that you can always go back to mm-hmm. what do we have this is the shit that we're maybe you said that to me one time someone said this to me um that like this is, I'm we're holding on to this shit so fucking tight because we just Everything has been taken from mm-hmm. from us. Yes. A hundred percent. And is there also space to see how we're all fucking one in the same? Yeah. One in the fucking same. As the slaves came from the same fucking port, most of the, um, you know, for the most part. And yeah. actually, most of them ended up in the Caribbean. And also, different stops. Same shit. Same shit. Same mm-hmm. shit, right? So it's like, again, multiple truths. Can there be all of these things, right? Can mm-hmm. we all be black and you have your shit, you have your shit, you have your shit? There can we be, can, right? We can, but you know, the way the um, society is set up, like, you... It's just, like, yeah, separate. you have to separate. You have to box. You we can't all be this God one forbid. thing. God forbid. You know, they don't want to know what to do with us. Right. Well, we could fucking take over the world, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Of if course. we just, you know. I always <sighs> think about how much yeah. we could take over the world. And we're bigger in number. Right. Right. No longer minority. I definitely agree. I think that, like, and that's the issue. I think that sometimes also keeps people from identifying with blackness. It's almost like mm-hmm. this term doesn't belong to me because this one group of people have ownership of it. When in reality, like, blackness is the larger mm-hmm. transatlantic, like, diasporic term that unites mm-hmm. Afro descendants, regardless of where the slave shit stopped, stopped. Yeah. stopped yeah. and dropped off your ancestors. Yeah. And we need to start realizing that more, making those connections stronger and more authentically. Because, like, our struggles are so very fucking similar. Mm. <laughs> yes. Very, very, Oh, my very God. Much when so. I did my, um, just remember, when I did my um, ancestry DNA and I, I found out I was more white than black. Oh, really? My oh, shit. I don't know. Goodness. I did this, um, a junior year of college of undergrad and I was just and then everything I knew about race and ethnicity went out the door and I was like so who am I yeah. and I'm like how does this work and I was so confused and I was just like wait I don't understand this so I'm basically like 44% European 45% European 44% West African mostly from Senegal you know, European comes from Portugal because those are my colonizers, unfortunately. Um, and then 11%, um, 11%, oh, what's that 11%? Um, I think it was an Asian. Oh, my God. Indigenous? It was 11%. I got to come back to that. Yeah. But it was some, that 11%, I was like, Yeah. <laughs> from where from who from who what is this oh it's right here and it was 11% West Asia what? so Middle East and the Caucasus Caucasus 
The Caucasus Mountains? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's where the term Caucasian comes from, you know? Yeah. Yo, and I was like, Bitch, yeah. you Caucasian. I know. <laughs> real, real. I was like, I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, I don't want to be white. And I was like, I can't share this with anybody because I'm not who I say I am. And then I was having a conversation with my friends. They were like, yo, we've just been socially constructed, you know, to yeah. think this and this. But I felt like I was so upset. I was like, I wanted to be more African than white. Like, I'm not I'm not really black. But, you know, it was very beautiful to see where my Africanness comes from. Um, and then to tell my mom, like, hold up, mom. Where's this European and West Asia coming from? And then, um, you know, my mom never met her dad, but we think he might have been white. Or something like that. White. White from Europe. Um, I did my ancestry as well. You see? And it was at that time where I was all for like, black pride all day, every day. I'm only black. I'm talking about white people. Fucking hate white people. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. I bet you have to be sat down real quick. <laughs> my results came and I, I told my boyfriend, only my boyfriend, I was like, you can't tell anybody. Else. You can't tell nobody. You, what? We share the same colonizer. That's exactly where I'm from. I bitch is hella white. Like, yo. I was like, that's why I can't dance. This motherfucker's just. Oh! I was like, they just came to fuck on my face. Fuck. I was so mad. I was so mad. Um, yeah, I'm, um, it's, um, it's white. You know, there's whiteness there. There's more whiteness. What is it? Oh, I can't remember. It's like, so I'm 34%. Portugal and Iberian Peninsula, so like Spain. Yeah, I got the same thing. Um, wait, no, I'm, th- I'm no, I'm 34% Portugal and Iberian Peninsula. I don't know what the fuck that means. This has changed. That's between Iberian Peninsula is between Portugal and some other. Place. Well, I'm actually more because I'm 34% Portugal and 16% Spain, mm-hmm. and then I am 17%. Cameroon, Congo, and Southern Bantu peoples. Bantu peoples. Yo, those are my people. I'm 8% Mali, um, 8% Benin, Togo, and then I'm 5% Native American. And then there are like minor percentages of like. This is wild. This shit looks different. I need to. <laughs> because then I'm also like 22%. No, 1%. Why is this 22% here? I think, I don't know. Because, oh, this is taking all of the European... Breakdowns. Breakdowns, yes. This needs to be a little different. It's beautiful <laughs> to see where your ancestors have walked, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also selling your DNA to these companies. Like yeah, also, yeah. yeah. So, these are my thing. If you're going to do a DNA test, that's so cute and all. But I'm going to give you some wisdom that I didn't have all the time. The moment you do these tests, you're basically also um, giving your DNA to these companies. And um, we don't know what we're they doing They have it. So keep in mind of that. That if technology you moves know. forward, you might have a little clone walking around. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just be careful. All right. Well, maybe I won't do mine. Awesome. <laughs> I think... Um, because I am highly aware of my ability, not of my ability, sorry, of my identities. Um, and I've done enough activities, like team builders and stuff, oh where like I'm also aware of the ability, the identities that I'm not as aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely informs how I move, I move in the world. I think in school, because Columbia is a predominantly white institution, 
I'm always looking out for people that look like me in class or looking, you know, I've curated my professors so that they're mostly of color. Um, so I'm aware that I, I need allies. And to me, if you look like me, that is an ally. Um, I have a field placement in Washington Heights where most of the staff, the kids, the neighborhood just is very familiar to me. So I walk with a lot of confidence. Even if that place, that internship is new, but I walk, I can, I've noticed how I walk down the halls, right? I feel very comfortable, and it's because I see, um, I see myself reflected not only in the children but also, um, you know, in in staff. I think when it comes to, you know, when I'm on the subway, I am also really aware of like, fuck, like. I can't run up these stairs and run down these stairs. Like I have the ability, the physical ability to be able to um, move about in New York City, in a place like New York City, with a lot of ease. And there are a lot of people who don't. Yeah. When the elevators in the subway, I'm also very much aware when the elevators in the subway are not working, right? Because I'm I'm aware that like there are a lot of people that mm-hmm. without those elevators, they cannot move in mm-hmm. the city. And that's really fucked up. And New York City is probably the worst when it comes to that. In in addition to what yeah, um, Josie was saying, I think for me, because I have most of the days my hair is big, it's in an afro, but I'm light skin. And then I always make sure to tell people who I am before they assume who I am. Because I just hate it when they get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people be like trying to figure out who I am. Oh, okay. And... I don't know. I just don't like when they don't know who I am, what I am, but they're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I just automatically always put it out there before they do. So then they don't even have to get to the point where they're asking me. Because a lot of times people are like, so are you Latina? And then I'm like, no. Then I'm like, I'm black. They're like confused. I'm like, I'm Cape Verde. And they're like, okay, where is that? I'm like, next to Africa. They're like, you're African? And I'm like, yes. And they were like, I'm like, yes, there's light, light people in Africa, and there's even lighter people than, there's people in Africa who are even lighter than I am. You know, it's a thing. Even like when we were apartment oh my hunting. God. The, there was a super that we went to see. Granted, G was looking like a motherfucking superstar. Like, G had these braids. And. This Dominican super, he saw G and he was like, is she a model? Is she a pop star? <laughs> oh, that is so cute. That's when, amazing. And when G was like, she was like, yeah, I'm from Cape Verde. He's like, where is that from? And I was like, Africa. He's like, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I Meanwhile, I was meal. also speaking some Spanish, so he's confused. <laughs> he was just like, tell her that she could do whatever she wants. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> He was like, you want the apartment? I, I got you. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, buddy, slow down. Oh, that's amazing. Um, did you finish? Okay. I feel like for me, sometimes I'm not. I, I Most of the time I am hyper aware of my identity. Like the space that I take up as an Asian American woman, um, if I'm ever in a space where I feel like people are more like economically privileged than me, it's very like clear and I'm like, um, it's in my consciousness. 
And then when there's times when I'm not like hyper aware and I'm just living my best life, but then I'm treated differently or I'm treated negatively, mm-hmm. that's when it all comes flooding back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like sometimes when I go like customer service that I'll get, especially in like tourist areas, people will be like really fucking rude to me. And I'll be like, what the fuck is your problem? Like I'm a fucking customer here too. I'm trying to purchase shit too. I have buying power. Um mm-hmm. So that's always something that that I think about. And then I think... And it's also... I really like the points that you guys made about, like, your privileged identities are often the ones that we don't think about. So, like, ability, both, like, physically and, um, like, mentally, for me, um, or not having... um, Not having any, like, learning disabilities and how I take that for granted even as like an educator sometimes Mm -hmm. saying like oh you guys like you guys got it i can just present this information in this way and not taking into account other people's um just ways that they learn differently um so i think that leads to our recommendation which is the power flower activity it's something that um most uh people have done maybe in facilitations on like diversity and inclusion but you can google it and we'll also link it to our pod Um, but it's an activity where you can list out the different social identities that you identify with um, so what is your race? What is your ethnic background? What is the language that you speak, et cetera, et cetera. And then you list that on the inner petals. And then on the outer petals, you actually list out those identities that have power. So for race, it would be white. For ethnicity, I think it would also be white. I don't know. Um, yeah, that gets tricky. Right? But, yeah. Because ethnicity would be like... United no italian or right french but i don't think whiteness has a ethnicity Ethnicity? that has power white people are just seen as white without their ethnicity yeah Um, right it's like remember yeah Yeah, it's it's like that thing we did in foundations yeah Yeah. so um you can fill out this this activity with your identities on the inner petals and identities that have power on the outer petals and then you can actually like shade in the ones that match so if you are if you identify as white and then the um, identity that has power is also white, you color that in. And then you can actually see kind of where you fall in terms of power and privilege that you have. And take this time to also reflect on how that has affected your life, whether maybe there are identities that you are privileged um, and you haven't thought about or identities that you are not privileged that you haven't thought about or have affected you. Awesome. Awesomeness. Okay, y'all. Yes. See you next time. <laughs>